Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Sam Pratt, CEO of Render Networks, which provides geospatial construction solutions for fiber network deployments. Render recently announced that its construction technology has helped connect over 1 million premises to fiber. Sam and I discuss what that milestone means and where those 1 million locations are, what his work with Render has taught him about the digital divide, and what role federal funding is playing in Render's work and future planning. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Yes, thank thank you. It's uh, great to be talking to you again, Nicole. How are things in New York? Things are colder than they should be uh, at this point in April, um, but uh, it's fine. You know, it is what it is. How about you over there in Australia, where you're already in the future? It's Tuesday night here. It's Wednesday morning there. <laughs> That's a right. Yeah, yeah. Look, t- tomorrow's been good so far. It's still quite early <laughs> here in the morning, um, but no, things things are good here. We're we're slowly getting back to normal, aren't we? Uh, I, I I would say I am less <laughs> getting back to normal than uh, the world seems to be. But yes, the world is coming back to some semblance of normal. Uh, I always have my eyes on the COVID numbers and my mask on. <laughs> so I'm of one of course. the uh, especially cautious people. But, um, but yes, yeah, so some semblance of normal. Travel. Um, so I've had, I've had the opportunity to do quite a bit of travel across the US over these last few months um, since yeah. international borders opened. And I think just from an industry perspective, it feels certainly a lot more normal Absolutely. than it has Absolutely. in recent years, which is, which is fantastic <laughs> to see. Yeah, we're definitely doing some traveling. I'm even going to go to a conference or two this year. So yes, definitely closer to normal than we have been in a while. So um, speaking yeah. of your travels, I'm assuming <laughs> some of them have had to do with your wonderful work with Render Networks. So let's talk a bit about that. You and I have spoken before I wrote about your company, but why don't we start off by hearing a bit of background on Render for those who are listening who aren't familiar with your work um, and uh, where your construction technology is active in the world. Certainly, Nicole. So, uh, look, Render has the um, has the privilege of being active across 12 states in the U.S. these days. Um, and so we have customer projects where we play the role of geospatial construction management. So effectively, guys and gals in the field will understand where they need to go, what they need to do, and the data that they need to capture um, when they're building fibre and wireless networks um, across across the U.S., um, the company, as you've alluded to in the introduction, um, has some history here in Australia. Uh, and so the company was founded in Australia, but is very much US focused. We've now got people, I think last time we spoke, we had people across three states. We've now got people sprinkled across six states in the US from coast to coast. Uh, and um, and and notwithstanding the challenges of the pandemic, I think for the industry and, and the sector, um, it, it has really heightened the awareness of the need for connectivity. Um, Render um, has been beneficiaries of that, but, but so have all of our partners. And so we provide services in terms of construction management, our construction management platform being available for the benefit of network owners uh, and network builders um, or, or EPCs, if you will, that are, that are delivering networks out in the field um, across the country, uh, predominantly in the telecommunications space. Um, who are some of your partners here in the United States? 
Yeah, great, great question. So um, we partner with Irby Utilities um, that have got a, a strong presence in, in the utility, uh, in, in the cooperative space. They're delivering networks across a number of, number of states on behalf of electric cooperatives. Uh, the Broadband Group is, uh, is, a, is a long-standing partner of ours um, and they, they are delivering networks for municipalities across, across the US. Um, and, and a number of others, contractors, um, ADB, generally in the tier two, tier three space, uh, we've, we've, we've got uh, you know, the good fortune of having a lot of partners across the US that are doing fantastic and, and impactful, meaningful work. Yeah, I was going to say you're right in the middle of the the action right now if you're in the two, tier two and three space. Um, yes. And you, you guys uh, are announcing uh, that Render's infrastructure rollouts have connected over one million premises to broadband. So tell That's me right. a bit more about that. Is uh, Where are those one million premises? Is, are most of them here in the United States? And um, what does that one million milestone mean from your perspective and your company's perspective? That's right. So that that milestone is 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 a United States specific number. Um, gotcha. And so four years ago, when we first commenced our first network in Arkansas, actually I think Nicole, you and I discussed um, discussed that last time we spoke. Yes. Um, we had a big, hairy, audacious goal of of, deli- of delivering a million um, premises using our technology end to end approach. Uh, and um, and so it's 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 just exhilarating and really satisfying. Um, for all of us to have achieved that that milestone, I think what's what's most exciting is really that this is the beginning. That we've gone from a market that, when they're considering deploying a piece of infrastructure like this, uh, is is now uh, very much open to using digital tools and, and and embracing innovation to do it more efficiently than it's been done in the past. That wasn't the case four years ago. Um, but on the back of um, the, the couple of years that we've had um, and given the, the state of resources and supply chain issues, there's a real focus on making good on all of the resources that we do have. Um, and technology is, is really front of mind for people delivering networks in 2022 more than it has ever been. So I'd love to get your perspective, because uh, you have a unique position in all of this, um, on the digital divide and how you see it differing. You know, most of your work is here in the United States. So e- whether from country to country or even from region to region here in the United States, how do you see the digital divide differing? Uh, and how do your challenges differ depending on where you're working? Yeah, look, fa- fantastic question. I think <clears throat> the digital divide, in uh, it exists everywhere. I think it's more pronounced in some areas than others. Uh, um, I think the nature of your question is, is Nicole, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is well uh, compared to the U.S., uh, how are other countries dealing with the challenge? And if we think about the environment here in Australia, it's it's quite it's quite unique to the U.S. experience, but not unique globally, where the government has has sought to go and solve that issue. Um, with mm-hmm. and, and provide funding to do that. But the mechanism by which they're solving the issue here in Australia does differ to, to that in the US. Um, and so we see the, the huge amounts of funding that are flowing through federal and state um, pro- programs that, that you've written about um, recently, be it, be, be it RDOF, uh, et, et, et cetera. Um, here in Australia, uh, we've got a national a nationalised 
delivery partner called the National Broadband Network um, that was effectively founded to solve that, that digital infrastructure problem. Um, and so it's a different path to different mechanism to solving the same, the same problem. That said, um, if we think about the US in some rural areas and our clients there, they might be passing three or four homes per mile. Um, there are areas in, in Australia, in the outback, um, here down under, where you're passing 0.3 of a home per mile. Um, and, and so it's a different technology solution. It's generally in those very hard to reach places. At best, it's a fixed wireless, if not a satellite solve. Uh, and uh, and um, we don't have the population here in Australia um, consistently spread across the nation um, that, that, that you all do there in the US. So s similar scale of problem, um, but, but um, different technology solution. Got it. Okay, really interesting. So you've alluded to a lot of this funding uh, that we have here in the US, uh, a bunch of it still to come. We have about $65 billion uh, reserved for broadband in the Biden administration's infrastructure law. Um, so we're gearing up for a ton of federal funds to come down to close the remaining broadband gap. Um, do you see those funds enabling new partnerships for render? To what degree are you guys uh, making plans for using those funds? Absolutely. I, th I think um, it's it's very exciting for everyone that there's this funding on, on the horizon. However, um, in our experience and having spent the best part of a month of the last three months traveling across the US and really reconnecting with our, with our partners in the industry um, over, over um, that, that I haven't had an opportunity to, um, to spend a great deal of time with, um, at least face to face over these last couple of years. There's also some anxiety around an ability to deliver. Um, and we're already seeing quite acute supply chain issues that, that are not exclusive to telecommunications infrastructure. Um, but certainly the talent issue um, is, impact, is impacting telco infrastructure just as much as it is technology. Um, at Render, we feel that on the technology side in building out our platform and our, and our features, um, but, our, but our clients and our partners are certainly feeling it in terms of contractors um, being able to find the quality of resource that they need. Now, that's an issue in 2022, and some of those really mind-bending numbers that, that, that you quote and that we see in, in the press and, and across, across the industry um, hitting next year and hitting in 2024 and 2025, those acute challenges that, that we're already seeing, I think are only going to be exaggerated. But in the meantime, we're seeing huge private investment uh, available um, and really no shortage today. Um, and so what does that mean? It means that uh, effectively the, the competition for resources is, is real. Um, and so readiness is absolutely key. Um, competition for the funding programs themselves, very competitive um, and, time, and time sensitive. And so seeking expert advice around application readiness is, is more important than it's been. Uh, and, uh, and then when, once funding is secured and thinking about delivering these projects to a program, um, there are quite strict and stringent delivery milestones. Uh, and so Bearing that in mind, understanding that um, there's going to be strings attached with every dollar that comes through, I think folks are really well advised to think about the delivery and optimising visibility and control of those programs. 
Uh, and, uh, and that's not easy to do, especially when utility owners uh, are, are doing, are, are often building these networks from, from scratch. Um, they haven't got a great deal of experience in, in doing this. And so thinking about mechanisms by which they can ensure that, that they're informed on when they're on track um, is, is more important than, than before, Nicole. Well, you are in an exciting spot in this exciting moment. So thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me and starting your day with me to talk about all of this. I really appreciate it. Such a pleasure, Nicole. Thank, thank you for the great work that you do in, uh, in really driving, driving awareness across the industry. And we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Sam, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.